Thanks for joining us for another intriguing edition of the Stack Pack. Perhaps you can help solve a mystery. How's it going, guys? Not um, bad, not bad. Another episode of the Stack Pack here. It's always Go- good when you got a margarita in your hand. You got a margarita? Yeah, man, I made a margarita. You drinking a margarita? Margarita. Nice. Well, um, today we are covering some very... This is a loaded episode. Um, Robert Stack's doing double duties, man. He, he was uh, talking a lot. A lot Costume of, changes. A lot of intrigue. Works. A lot of uh, mystery. Uh, lots of uh, dudes loving that good life. Dude, lots of good lives. <laughs> lots, lots of, of good, life. good life. Oh, yeah. Lots of mentions of the good life. Um, Who doesn't want a good life, though? Um, Amen to that. These guys both love the good life a little too much, and it led to murder. Murder. Mail them. All right. Uh, the first case here is... The first case here is pretty pretty intense. Um, we'll just get... Oh, yeah. We've got to give the old... Old, it's a saddie. Uh, yeah, it's really... Get your tissues out, guys. Yeah, I don't know how how hilarious this one's going to be, guys. <laughs> but uh, this is a case of amnesia, and uh, it happened in Carlsbad, California, in the spring of 1987. Um, this is uh, what happened to Jennifer Pratt, right? Jennifer Pratt. Yep. Jenny Pratt, yeah. Anybody want to take relation the... To, uh, any relation to Chris Pratt? Um... <laughs> mm, oh, no. no. <laughs> I can't say. I got nothing for this. <laughs> no relation to Chris Pratt. Moving on. <laughs> so Imagine is, Chris Pratt tweets us. Actually, that's my is, cousin. Well, so, so like, long story short with Jenny Pratt, it, I guess it happened during the spring of 1987. She was, like, 16. She went out riding with her boyfriend on his motorcycle. Cute, cute gal. She was going to be a then, model. Like, yeah. She wanted to be a model. Yeah, she wanted to be a model and an actress. And, well, like, long story short, like, they went out for a ride one night on his motorcycle, and he was taking her back home, and when he stopped at a stop sign, the story goes, according to him, that uh, a truck full of teenagers came speeding past him with a two-by-four and hit his girlfriend on the back of the head. Whoa. And, uh, and uh, basically um, knocked her unconscious. And um, when the police were interviewing him, he was kind of making it seem like he suspected like it was meant for him and not her. That's kind of what everybody said. Like, like they asked, they they interview this random girl. Oh gosh, they yeah, give, I like, got. They it. give her like no context. Did you get her name? Yeah, her, I did her, get like, her name. No fucking context, and they're just like her name is. Uh, hold on, I gotta I gotta find it well, real she, quick. Give she me says she says that she she like thinks oh. she knows who it is. Yeah, no one wants to but she's say. not gonna tell. But she's yeah. like, I don't feel comfortable saying. Like, what? Uh, her name was Sydney Stranger. Oh, fuck you, Sydney Stranger. <laughs> That's not a real name. How is it I spelled? Know. Sounds like sounds. It sounds like a stripper's name. Like up up next on stage is. It's Sydney funny Stranger. that you mentioned that because they they hire this PI right. His name's Louis Chrisaf, and I I thought he looked like Mr. Porn Star Louis. I looked like he was. He looks just like a. He had those lips, <laughs> ones that you just like see like. Mm. Like he's about to like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, this is. Um, uh, and, and Maybe Rob- it was the porn stash. It was probably the porn stash. Um, sorry, wait. Were you talking about the mustache? Sorry, I forgot to turn off the air in my, um, 
room, so it's probably going to sound like craziness, but it's all right. Uh-oh. Um, it's okay, guys. Wait, what were you saying? Sorry. I was saying that Mr. Uh, Louis Kraft, the PI that they hired, looks like a porn star. I said it was probably because of his mustache. Oh, yeah, that guy. Then, I, I just remember a trench coat. I don't remember the mustache, but... If you ever want to up your creep factor, just grow a mustache. Yeah, especially... Which I have several times. Especially, especially in this day and age, right? Yeah, everybody had oh, that yeah. stash. Mustache and a man bun. Anyway, Jenny was 16, right? We didn't talk about... Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's her boyfriend. You, do you think a 16-year-old would be going out with, you know... Yeah, Curtis Croft was... Uh, yeah, uh, um, uh, Robert Stack explains him like a cool surfer guy with yeah. a dark past. <laughs> and, um, it was um, the Porsche. Yeah, yeah the, mom, the, Porsche that the mom explains how... How she she was told he was seventeen and and, and he looked like, seventeen and he was a good liar. He's like she had me he had me going. Or, you like, know what I wonder is I wonder if Jenny knew his real age and he just and she just oh kind she of, did she did I she's think. like oh he's seventeen ma mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we get into his background and um, yeah he got arrested for the old cocaine. shady past the old white lightning <laughs> yeah yeah he got he had been arrested a couple years. The old uh, devil's dandruff. Years prior, on a cocaine charge for selling it, and he uh, fucking narked, man. Uh, bitches, snitches bitches. get stitches, bro. Yeah, dude, snitches are bitches, and snitches <laughs> bitches get stitches. I like that one better. <laughs> snitches are bitches. Snitches are bitches. Um, he's a total bitch. This guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think he's a bitch. He shouldn't have oh, been dating a sixteen-year-old totally in the first place. Yeah, creepy um, dude. But it's anyways, your own age, but anyways, uh, cocaine dealer. Uh, poor Jenny totally fell for this guy, and um, and yeah. So like we said, they're uh, they're on a date on the motorcycle, and she gets hit by like a fucking huge piece of whatever, a six and a half foot long board, and uh, he didn't realize how bad it was, and he didn't like he the way he explains it is like what, like, what happened. <laughs> Well, bro, I totally got hit, bro. He's like, I think something hit me. Yeah, and he's total like, dude. I don't know, such a char- a char- character type. Like, <coughs> such a like. It's crazy that he's a real person. <laughs> um, oh, I refuse to believe it, man. Like in his interview, he he just looks like a character. Yeah, he doesn't. So look much, sounds like a character. So much so that the guy that played him, I was like, "Is that? Is, did they get him the real guy? It looked like he was the guy was playing a character, but it was." Oh, uh, really dude, the, when they do the, the, the reenactment of this like awful thing that happened to this girl, it's so shitty. Like, there's just like an like a dummy that was gonna fall over if it didn't get hit by the board anyway, and just kind of like leans over. Oh yeah, they did. They went back and did the reconstructions because. Uh, according to Curtis, I mean, it happened so fast. He said that they were going like 50 miles an hour, but they do that, and both the heads go fucking flying off. <laughs> so they're like, killed. yeah, they both would have been real, real dead without it. He would have been then, real dead. But even, it's crazy. So they go to back. They go down to like 10 miles, and that's it. It's enough to like really uh, do some damage to the poor girl's skull, which it did. And uh, it's just like 10 miles, like. It's I don't know. Like, yeah, ten it seems miles an like, hour is nothing. It seems like you could never, you couldn't really hurt anybody that bad, but it's yeah. But yeah, I mean, fuck, <laughs> so awful. So they they like talk the shit out of Curtis, and he kind of uh, um, uh, they because some people told him that he got in a fight, right, the day before the incident, so he that he got in a fight, and yeah. then we start talking about a, uh, you know, going into his uh, backstory. 
And if you didn't like him before, the way that the parents like portray him when he talks, you like him even less. Oh, yeah, you're just like, oh. (laughs) You're just like, shut up. This guy's guilty. I know it. Yeah, there's something. Somehow. Who knows? He could have hired some people to do it, but then why? I mean, what would be the motive? I mean, yeah. He just wanted to get rid of this 16-year-old? No. I mean, 16-year-old, leave me alone. Yeah, they talk about how how um, he was probably scared after that, like because he at first he did say the the name of the dude that he fought, but then he took it back, and then in the interview he says that they just like asked him and asked him until he told him the guy the name of the guy, but he was like he still maintained he still maintained they that he didn't the, have anything to do with it. They pulled a Brandon Dassey and they <laughs> they yeah. told him he could go watch WrestleMania if they just, you can go watch WrestleMania if you yeah. just tell us who did this and then mustache guy is like totally convinced that he's full of shit but yeah, yeah. I think he's probably scared like obviously um I didn't we mentioned he got arrested for selling cocaine selling cocaine but he got a lot of he got a sentence like drastically reduced because he um pointed finger man he yep. sn- he rolled he on someone didn't he snitched yeah, yeah. so he did. So that uh, mixing with getting in a fight with these people, possibly, and then they see him like on the road and they tap him, and then they're like, "Hey, dude, we're gonna kill you if you say anything," like because we didn't really mean to kill a sixteen-year-old girl, and then he just changes yeah. the story and he's a big fucking puss puss, <clears throat> big old puss puss. Yeah. So she, so she was in a coma for a while, and we get this awful testimony of her mom explaining like when she went to go see her, it's really rough. But, oh, I know. But uh, she went through uh, seven months later. She started talking, and a year later she was walking, and you get you get to hear from her, and it's really rough as well. Oh, it's a bummer. It, it's like, fuck, man, like this dumb piece of shit surfer, fuck, like, dude, <laughs> just what like, a f- oh man, I- surfer, fuck. <laughs> you picked the wrong Porsche, lady. Yeah, it sucks. It's very unfortunate. And then if she's sixteen, you know, Surf Ninja's character. Fuck. You you do so much. Fucking Sean so many... Penn and Fast Times at Ridgemont High. <laughs> yeah. <The> no dice. <laughs> you do so much stupid stuff when you're sixteen, man. Yeah. And uh, she. And just, even when you know, you're twenty three or twenty four, for how old is he? Oh, something like that. He's twenty four. Yeah, he was, he was an idiot yeah. too. Um, and then after that, we get the Joe Shepard update, and Joe's the that dude who like uh. He killed the two chicks, and then he was in jail for a while, and, like, three of them escaped, and um, two of them immediately got caught, and he, was, he wasn't he was caught for a while. It said it was, like, ten years, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like yeah. He was caught ten years later. What's this guy? Joseph Shepard. Yeah, Joe Shepard was living in Canada with, like, a family, a wife and kids, and they got that fuck, and he died behind bars, right? He got extradited mm-hmm. back to Tennessee and died behind bars. Uh, I think I think we went into more specifics when we did that episode. I feel like I don't know. Was he? Isn't he like stabbed? Or I don't know. We could be getting. I could be getting. A he, was up. By, uh, he was, he was oh, shot he was by. He was. Oh, he was shot by the guard. Security guard. Yeah, That's was, right. He, was he or was that or was that the guy who broke out of jail and then the other guy who broke out of jail? I don't know, dude. There's we had lots of see all these. <laughs> all these are starting to run together, man. We're well, starting to. Well, the other guy who broke out of the San Quentin. Remember the guy who? Oh, it was the San Quentin. He's yeah, the guy who, like, when, when he, they got caught. Wrong jailbreak. When he got caught, they immediately, uh, like, he died a year later in jail. He was shot by a guard. Dun, that's dun, right. Dun, dun, uh, do you want to? <laughs> do 
jailbreak. <laughs> Tonight there's gonna be um, a jailbreak. Um, do you wanna do you wanna be the fraud man again, Eli? Yeah, I love these fraud, fraud episodes. Fraud man. I think I'll be the fraud Dude, guy. Actually, I just like when a guy. This one is sick. Did you find anything else about this guy? Because uh, that but yeah, I, mean, I did. Is it, well, is I mean, it really right, fraud? Right, well, I mean, it's just no, straight yeah. up theft. It's just, <laughs> it's just straight up theft. I mean, he, he just owed like lots of money to lots of people. Right. Mr. Jack yeah, Quinn, we're going to talk about, talk about next. Quinn. This is this case number two. This guy's kind of cool. This is a fraud case. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I don't understand. This is I say this theft. Is, this is straight up theft. Um, so he uh, he stole um, a lot a lot of money of untraceable cash. So this guy, Jack Quinn, was the vice president and the general manager of Federal Protective Services. And he was in charge of the uh, security and armed guards. What they did was they uh, provided guards to banks and like financial. They're just institutions like arm, they're stuff. just like a company of armored trucks, right? Is what right, I was right. armored carriers, kind of like right? a Loomis. I guess Loomis is one of those now. Um, Brinks, Brinks, dude. Yeah. Um, so he handled apparently the, the company handled G. millions, Sorry. millions <laughs> in in cash a day. Yeah. And uh, he oversaw, again, the security portion of the operation. So at 8 a.m. on a Saturday, on April 9th, 1988, he arrives at his office. And very few people are working. Keep in mind, it's a Saturday. Banks uh, are only, I don't i don't know how it was in 1988, but I know now banks are only open, the, you know, half day on Saturdays. And um, most of them aren't open on Sunday. Well, no, none of them are open on Sundays. But anyway, mm. his supervisor, Harry Goldberg, uh, was working that day also, and you know they they talked to him. He says that he saw, you know, him come in, and he said, ah, "I'm gonna go get you know my day started." So uh, this is an Emmy Award know. winning performance by them in this reenactment. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So uh, ha- Harry worked at his desk, and uh, it says that uh, Quinn, you know, I guess planned to steal everything that day, um, but he was seen in the vault, and it was just business as usual. According to Harry, he said he passed by to get coffee. He would pass by and look in on him. And it says he was sitting there calm, cool, and collected. And it took him about, I, I don't know how long, but they, they estimate it took him, it, depending on how he took the cash, it, it, 20 minutes. And if it was bagged and loose, then they he t- it probably would have taken him 30 to 45 minutes. So he was able to pull this off somehow. And then he and somehow he was, like would have had to transfer it into boxes, right? And Yeah, and then put did it they, in his car. So he did all this. I don't know if that time was... Can add it up if that was just the the money that they estimate that it would take for him to bag it from the vault, or if also it would bag it and and load it into his car. Like how how did they go about like you know figuring out this number? Did they take like two people and like all right, well, there's one point three million? I guess I guess because well, I guess because there. they did go. it. The yeah, because they it, it was, was their job. Like, he was like, how the like how would he have done this so calm and casually? Right. And he, he and so, sounds surprised. Like he must have been I don't know, <laughs> planning it for a right. while. Hey, I don't I, I don't know about you, but when I rob a financial institution, it's just like going to an ATM, you know, you put your card in, type in your pin, take the money out. Bada bing, bada boom, take, take your yeah. But uh, uh, do you want to should you should we say the amount that he got away with? Yeah, he got a Well, go ahead. I I don't 1 million 300 uh, that's all. I think there's more. My, my, one million three hundred thousand and some change, right? Right. One point so, three million. Yeah. It, he put a hundred and seven thousand in his car, in his personal car. So he had two cars. He had a, he had his a work vehicle and he had his personal vehicle, both of which were at the office. I'm guessing he drove his personal vehicle to the office, and his 
uh, work vehicle stayed there overnight. I'm guessing the night before. Well, they show him. They remember they show him and his buddy. Um, he put the hundred thousand in his car, and he had right. the millions in the work so, car. And, yeah, and this is this is what he car, did. His, yeah, yeah. The the supervisor drove him, so he he puts one hundred seven thousand in his personal vehicle, and then he asked Harry, Mister Goldberg, to follow him. Harry Goldberg, and so he takes he takes uh, he drops Schmuck. his car off his personal car with Harry, um, drops it off with his wife, and says, "Oh, I gotta go back. I'll be. Oh, I gotta go back to work. I'll be back thirty minutes." Kisses her and never sees her again. <laughs> he pees oh, yeah. out. So, so yeah, he he leaves. Uh, he told her he had to leave back, go, go back to the office. So, yeah, um, Harry drove him back in his car, which is why he asked him to follow him. Uh, when he did that, uh, Mr. Quinn got at his work vehicle, which had over a million dollars in it. And they they suspect that he had a trait for the airport. So the police speculate that he transferred the money to suitcases, unloaded the car, and then vanished. And he said, sayonara, bitches. He left his car at 5.36. And that's... Yeah, that's the time that I guess the... At the airport. That's the time they they know that because he... On the on the ticket, I guess when you go to the airport, you had to, you know... Yeah, when you you stamp your ticket in. And that still happens. That still happens. So So police speculate... uh, Okay, so yeah, he, he pieced it. And they suspect he didn't take a plane. He didn't. They they don't think he took a car. They don't think he took a cab. So he had these briefcases with him at the airport. Who knows how he ended up leaving? So, uh, yeah, just left his wife guessing. And, and his wife he, finds the. Uh, well, she gets worried, obviously. Yeah. And then she finds the 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 money. The hundred. What, what would you say? One hundred seven thousand. In, in, yeah, in the 107 trunk, in his car. In the trunk of her car. And there's a note. What does the note say, David? And the note says, I've done something very wrong. I can't face the consequences. And she immediately gave it to the cops. Yeah. <laughs> she said, uh, my husband's not here, and I found this note, and I found all his money. It's yours. <laughs> the crazy thing is, the funds were untraceable. Unlike D.B. Cooper, who, oh, yeah. when he stole the cash, they had well, see the- all the bills. I mean, they had well, the that was because you know be that like, was ransom. Yeah. What, what what was that? Because that was like a ransom call. This was like right. uh, an institution that you know sends money to banks and businesses every day and picks right. up money every day. So there would be no need to to mark a bill to or track it. it. And that's why he was able to to actually get away. Which is you know, uh, yep. I don't know if they do now and randomly mark bills, but you know, back then I don't think they would ever like, oh, you know, maybe every so often we should mark a bill or two. Yeah. So probably and that's probably sp- that's probably cases like this are probably what you know invokes change in their process. Spe- speaking of this, I'm going to write that down in my notes. Get for the job next time. as money carrier for the next time you have to rob a bank. Um, for the next time they steal then, money from a financial institution. And then Robert Stack, for the first time in this episode, mentions the good life. Yeah, this much, is the good life. And drop. how much Jack Quinn Beow. was a fan of said good life. So because yeah, the, he had a ten acre horse ranch that he rented. Yeah, he had horses and shit. And so, all of his friends were like, "What the fuck, yeah. Mister? I make so, thirty five grand the, a year." Right? Well, I did the I did the I did the calculator, and it, he he made in 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 nowadays times. Okay, <laughs> he made uh, it. It would be like him having the equivalent of like a seventy three thousand a year. D- job so he that's that's pretty good you know now so prior to being shady he was already living the the good life yeah no no well it's it, they said that all of his friends were like how could he i mean this is a 
separate home that he rented with the horsey with the horsey warsies. <laughs> the well, well, let, well, let's just say this. You know, seventy three thousand dollar job isn't enough to get you, you know, your own house oh. with a stable and all that. Oh, for sure. And or, horsey warsies. But I mean, unless you inherited 70, it or something. <laughs> but seventy three thousand a year in today's money is. It's a good life. Yeah, it's yeah, good. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're, you're well off. You know, you can afford a house. That's, you know, uh, driving. You have a house. You have, you know, a, car. a low-end BMW. Yeah. Your family can take a vacation once a year. Big, nice right. one. Like, a week, maybe longer so than a week. It's good. It's it's good money, man. That's that's not it's nothing to sneeze at. So anyways, yeah, they, they find out that the IRS was after his ass. Yeah. So he didn't right. have the money, so he fucking pulled a Wesley Snipes and booked it. <laughs> <laughs> Except Wesley Snipes got caught and he took um, his time. Uh, I want to talk about the part where like a good uh, citizen. Uh, like a good uh, citizen. they said that his wife had found just like bundles of, ca- uh, of cash yeah. just like falling out of the overhead glasses. You know the, the mirror. You know the the, 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 the shade. Oh yeah, no. She pulls down. She pulls down the sun visor and like a stack sun of twenties. Sun visor. Why couldn't like, I think of fucking sun visor? The, the stack of twenties just come floating down into her yeah. lap like like confetti at a birthday yo, party. Yo, Mrs. and he would Quinn, say, and he would, and she would ask him, where the where the hell did this money come from, Jack? And he would say, I sold the uh, I sold the three eighty. I sold the three eighty and the four twenty. My you know my my gun, my four twenty caliber. Is that a thing yeah. or? <laughs> I don't know anything about guns. Yeah, um, he, he he would just basically say he would he would just basically say say that he would sell stuff. He would sell, you know. This he was the that. original Craigslist. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And by Craigslist, things. secretly stealing money from a federal establishment. <laughs> <laughs> so he was just taking like he like like I think whenever he could, he would just because because they said that they, uh, you know when they looked back at the company that there was. Uh, missing money, but I guess not yeah, enough. Like, so I guess he was like skimming. I guess he's pretty good at it. Yeah, yeah. he got away with it for who knows oh. how long he had that job. So, would you say he was the first one that coined the phrase that he used to make it rain on bitches? <laughs> make it oh rain, well, yeah. speaking of that, yeah. Um, speaking of that, he had yeah. He was said to have possibly been having an affair, possibly because, in the morning. Because he who would leave, does that? He would leave his yeah, yeah right. The, is, he would leave his home at five a.m. but wouldn't show up to, to work get, until nine thirty. Get him, get himself oh, some side piece so he, in the morning. And it just, and it just oh, shows that's, him. A, that's a perfect. You've never, you've never gone to the gone to the gym before work. Like, <laughs> bye, honey, going to the gym. All it does is it shows him like having breakfast. It shows him like somebody pouring him orange juice, and he's just what sitting next been, to a, a lady. What, what happens between five to five to nine? He could be eating breakfast. <laughs> Come on, let's get a real. Big, a big bre- He's a big boy. Jack Quinn's a big boy. <laughs> Four hours. <laughs> I could take he my time with breakfast. a nice breakfast, you know? Yeah, well, so, and anyways, I like when they, apparently, this guy was still on the run, you know, so. Uh, at the end of the episode, they, they one of the my you know they start describing him. But my favorite thing that they say is that he had a tendency to put on weight. Don't oh, we all? <laughs> right? Is it that the human condition, Robert Stack? We're not all as beautiful and as you are. We don't all fit not all of us have the stack jeans. We, yeah. don't, we don't all fit in a size thirty-eight double-breasted jacket. Oh, there, man. Robert I'm- Stack. Um, wait. So, is there any more? I, I tried to look up more updates yeah, on did. this guy, and I can find did. So shit. The only the only thing that I found is uh, this is prior. They didn't mention this in the episode. You know, they kind of just skim over. Um, but there's a small detail. So in in '92, he was found to be in Houston, 
after acquiring a driver's license under the name of his brother-in-law. Yeah. But by the time the FBI got there, he had vanished already. So he had already skipped town again. So at the end of the episode, they he's still missing. He literally is still missing. And um, there's an update. If you go to the FBI uh, wanted, he's he's got a page on there on the FBI like website. And there's a little says, bit more current picture. It looks a little bit better, kind of more what he would probably look like now. What does it say? The, the name? It just says random things like he was going under the name well, Colonel Custard aliases. and he might yeah, live in Hawaii. Colonel Custard? All these aliases. No, no, Colonel, Colonel Custard. Calvin Clucky. <laughs> Colonel Custard. So, so if you meet a man named Colonel Cluster, Custer in either uh, Maryland or Hawaii, it's probably I wonder him. why those. Tell him to buy you a drink because he's got some cash. That's two of the most random places. But if it's like, Jesse Custer, get the no, fuck away. Nowhere yeah, he might near tell you to do each other. Preachers. Nowhere Mondays near on each AMC. other. Why? 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 Why would he be? When, <laughs> that's a free. That's a freebie. Yeah. Why yeah. would he be? Well, no. Honestly, why would? Why would they say that he was in Hawaii or Maryland? Like They're of, very like, random. Yeah. Random places. Well, it's just like without context, tips. it's like, okay, yeah. what the fuck does that mean? We don't know what's in that F- in that FBI file. It was General Custard in the dining room, <laughs> I mean, in Maryland. <laughs> with the candlestick. Yeah. With the, with, uh, he didn't kill anybody. <laughs> no. That we know of. Yet. <laughs> um, so, well, we'll get to some killer husbands in a little bit. Ha <laughs> Yeah, this Sorry. next one's a doozy. So yeah, he's still out there. So if you if you know of anybody that uh, puts on weight really easily, <laughs> Which it is, goes by the name that's of Colonel me. Custer. That's everyone. It's <laughs> me, right? That's what I'm saying. He's, he has a tendency to put on weight, dude. I eat. I, the I eat humans, lunch and then put on weight. The fucking <laughs> humans do, Robert. The humans have a tendency to put on weight. Uh, uh, all right. I don't know. Maybe he oh, was just like Oprah. Boy. He just wasn't working out. So this one's fucking nuts. Um, the way it's uh, uh, teased is that uh, Clarence There's... Roberts died twice. Twice. Boom. That's Bombshell. it. Like that's like the hook. died on the operating table twice. No, oh no! Died in a fire. No, no, Dan. <laughs> Not quite. But thanks for asking. Let me tell you. <laughs> All right, so this is like a this could be a tales is, of the crypt episode. This this one's real good. It like also kind of reminds twice. me of like it reminds me of like a yeah like yes a, like little, Dolores Claiborne or like a like something like Kathy Bates would play Geneva Roberts in the movie. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kathy Bates plays the Dude. best creepiest person ever. Um. Yeah. De- oh, was it Deliverance? No, 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 not Deliverance. That's Dolores Claiborne. Have you seen that movie? Dolores Claiborne. No. No, no. dude. I just saw Is it for the really? first time. Yeah, I don't know how she didn't win an Oscar for it. Really? It's based on like a Stephen King novel, but it's like real fucking serious. It's not. No. Like, what's the one? What's the one where she kidnaps Misery. the writer? Misery. Misery. That's also the Stephen one. King. Yeah, she won an Oscar for that. Dude, great flick. Yeah, great yeah, yeah. flick. Love Misery. But yeah, I would totally see a great Kathy Bates playing Geneva Roberts. Um, this would make a fucking really, really good movie. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't know how someone hasn't eaten it up already, but uh, I don't know where to start with this one. Actually, let's go a little bit different from Unsolved Mysteries. Let's start with uh, them getting married. This is we're talking. We're gonna be talking about Clarence and Geneva Roberts. They got married in 1941. They had four kids. 
Um, and we catch up with them in the 60s in Nashville, Indiana, right? Nashville, um, really? Nashville, Indiana? I didn't catch that. We catch with we catch him up in this with them uh, we catch up with him in the sixties. Clarence owns a hardware store with his brother. Everyone likes him around town. He'll help you out. He's a good dude. I think he 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 worked with his brother for like twenty two years. Um, and he all right. He did love that motherfucking good he life. He loved that good life. Uh, second Cute, mention, Kanye's good life, dude. This is like we always do with this time. I, I never like say the episode name during the episode, but the good life, man. The good a life. side project from the cur- from cursive's Tim Casher. We, we gotta call this episode <laughs> the good life. It has to be. Okay, so, um, uh, yeah, this guy really, really likes the good life, and it doesn't really mention what how he. I guess they had a nice house, right? And he had a bunch of cars. Basically, he just lived above his means. <laughs> yeah, I guess a lot of people do that. And he um, was a terrible businessman. They, they they talk about some of his, uh, like, when he was starting to lose money, some of his, like, last-ditch business efforts. Something about, like, a grain. Gr- that's all I wrote down, grains. He did all <laughs> sorts of stuff. That was, like, one of many. He did so many things that he was just, like, trying. He was grasping at straws to try to keep his um, up appearances, basically. Grasping ba- at grain? Grasping your grain. He yeah. was a, uh, yeah, he, you know, they, they repossessed two of his cars. Dude, his brother was the sheriff. His brother came and re- repossessed his two fucking cars. And they have like a, like a really far away reenactment of, uh, of Clarence just like with his arms up, like, fuck. Like, well, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Well, fuck um, me, right? And, but yeah, but before, the, I mean, this is when he's hitting rock bottom and, and somebody said that like, he would have like, Gone for broker became rich, and he put money in some investments that didn't go through, and uh, uh, he sold the hardware store, or I guess maybe his share in it. I don't know exactly, but uh, yeah. And once they take away his cars, it's pretty fucked. It's not going very well. And this is in October seventy is when they take the cars away. October nineteen seventy, and then we get to a month later, uh, November eighteenth, nineteen seventy. Six twenty is when the firemen came. And the Robert's house was ablaze. Ablaze. <laughs> um, not not the good kind. No, 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 no. Like the bad kind. Like the bad they, kind. Of it, they, they even go out of their way to mention that they were like, "Hey, we can't even fuck with this. It's too hot. We just gotta wait. <laughs> we just gotta wait. We they just had to gotta, wait until yeah, the fire just like went they, down." So at six twenty arrive. They arrive at this burned ass house. <laughs> <laughs> fucking burnt ass house and then they find the uh rest in peace uh whoever this is whoever it is badly badly burned body burnt it definitely ass wasn't clarence of uh of somebody well made to be clarence we'll see there was a shotgun next to him and it was they, it was they said he couldn't even really tell if it was a human uh the coroner said i, I don't know if that was a coroner or an investigator but he's the the man that was uh, talking said that they could not find a gunshot wound or a bullet oh, in the yeah body. that was the coroner that was the coroner that was the coroner the coroner yeah. and also um going into it a little bit further um he had an a this body had an AB blood type and uh our Clarence had just B right or was it Did just not. A I think I wrote it down. He did it was different. Not. A B blood type and uh, Clarence's was A. 
Um, also, the detective found a Masonic ring later. Yeah, he was um, a Mason. When he went back. Oh, yeah, wasn't he like a 30, a 33 degree? Yeah, I, I forgot to mention Mason? that. Yeah, he was a thir- yeah, 33, de- yeah, 33 degrees. Is that how they say 33 degree Mason? 33rd. 33rd degree. degree. And uh, it showed a picture of him, and it showed the picture of the ring that he wore. And then yeah. it tells us it, that... Um, it d- did not look like it was in a fire. Yeah, the detective went and, like, yeah, he just saw it in the rubble. And and it said, like, it was too hot for it not to have... I mean, of course, it probably still would have lasted because it's fucking gold. But it would have it would have seen some damage. Right. Gold Actually, is maybe surprisingly not. a soft metal. I mean, gold melts at a Oh yeah! Oh really? So I didn't know in that, that case, it's like, it's like yeah. So total plant. The detective even says right there, you know, they. He's would, like, I thought, yeah, it wouldn't have looked like that. It was too perfect, basically. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mo- most most gold rings are actually um, they're not solid gold. They're either plated or they're mixed with a, a a more sturdier metal within it because soft itself. Like if you had a pure gold ring, you could literally just crush it with your your bare hand. It's a very soft. But metal. even but even like the. Uh, Oh, like real gold? Yeah, so, yeah, so, like real gold. Like, I mean, a gold brick. Like, obviously, yeah. you're not going to be able to bend it because you know it's. I actually so watched thick, gold. But like, uh, I watched Goldfinger yesterday, and there was lots of gold bricks with Nazi symbols on it, uh, <laughs> dude. But like, if if he had like a, a normal gold ring that was made out of pure, unadulterated gold, that ring would be very soft. It's crazy! I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Um, the the. Uh, Facts, facts with Dan. Dan facts. My Dan my facts. neighbor growing up was a amateur jeweler, so 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 that's why so there so there's actually like straight up metal or, uh, inside it, so that yeah, so they were totally under the impression that this was a uh, plant, um, and like I said, you know the whole thing about the blood difference A B versus his own A, um, and then I, who who's this. Did anybody get this witness who talks about uh, Clarence in the bar with the vagrant? No, is it, is I didn't. It, is uh, it the bartender, or I'm not sure. But we but have somebody, or was it Robert Sex on the story? I don't know. But we get I think the story it was just Robert Sex on the story. We get the story of uh, how Clarence was uh, in a bar talking up a vagrant, kind of telling him, you know, I got some grass you can cut and some where uh, you know some work you can do around my yard. Vagrant, vagrant. Yeah, total vagrant, or... I always think that's a funny word. Or, as Robert Stack sometimes says, transient. Transient. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so apparently he went with them, and on the way out, he stumbled, and they were like, well, he mysteriously stumbled for some reason. And I was like, I don't think he drugged him. I don't think he would have had to. He was probably just really drunk. Yeah. You know, like, he was like a homeless guy sitting in a bar, like, I'll clean your grass. Yeah. So he stole a homeless man. (laughs) <laughs> from a bar I mean, I mean I believe it honestly <laughs> like you know of course we, we have the we have the, uh, the the people that are talking mostly I just picture okay. him weakened at burn his burning he's like with the vagrant like he's carrying him out like he's he tied a pole to his hand and he's like making a wave to the bartender like see you later <laughs> so Clarence steals a homeless man he stole the homeless man. Uh, allegedly, okay, allegedly. Um, and um, so <laughs> that's a funny way to put it. Though. Yeah, like he just took a homeless man. But uh, uh, you know, so the cop says he was uh, 
uh, he either killed himself or he set up this dude and killed the vagrant. Um, and also, they do mention the like more than one life insurance policies that he took out yeah. not too long before he uh, before so he burnt he, his house up. So the theory is, is he burnt the vagrant to and imposed it as himself to make it seem like he died so that his wife Geneva could get the insurance money. Basically, he steals a homeless man, no dice. <laughs> Uh, actually, no, I guess that worked out pretty well for him. <clears throat> but, uh, I'm going to add yeah. that to my notes. What Insurance fraud, kidnap, steal? vagrant. Homeless man. Steal homeless man for multiple purposes. Lots of good, lots of good tips in this episode, guys. <laughs> if you want to commit a crime, lots of good tips. So I hope you're taking notes back at home. Yep. You always want to go and copy the people that got away with it. So Geneva was like flung to the streets. Um, she had to move to the outskirts of town to an awful place where all she does is, uh, according to the reactment, all she does is sweep her porch or just sit on the really low step and drink what may, might be iced tea or just a full glass of whiskey. I don't know. Moonshine. Maybe it's moonshine. Either way, Kathy Bates would kill the role of Geneva. Oh, yeah. Um. <laughs> Copyright uh, the stack pack. Uh, I'm going to get the rights to this. <laughs> yeah, because that was our idea. Yeah, it was our idea, Clarence Brown, to die twice. All right, we'll get there. So uh, <laughs> so, 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 Geneva lived shitty, and she didn't like it, and she kept going back and forth uh, to the courts trying to get the insurance, and it wasn't working very well. And this is where we meet motherfucking Dr. John motherfucking Bless. And this guy is a character for multiple reasons, um, mainly because of his humility. I kind of love him. I don't know. I said his name kind of harshly when I introduced him. Dr. John Pless. I kind of like this guy. His humility is something to admire, something to aspire to. <laughs> nice. Nice save, Dave. Yeah. All right. That's good. Slide it in. But no, don't you think so? Because, all right. So at first he's like, the body was definitely Clarence. Um, oh, he's like, without a doubt, yeah. it was definitely him. But no dice, G. Um, so Geneva, does, uh, 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 even though Mr. Dr. John Pless is like, for sure this body was Clarence's, the uh, courts deny uh, her request for the insurance money. So this is when Geneva becomes a, a recluse. And, you know, she starts kind of becoming the, the talk of all the gossip around town. And she even takes a restaurant job uh, um, to kind of make ends meet. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty, like, she kind of, I don't know. I feel bad for this woman. Yeah, she had to do what she had to do. She had, she had to, a good life. Yeah. She had to keep She had to keep living that good life, so she had to keep, actually, no, she just had to survive, basically. She just wanted to survive. Her shitty husband wanted a good life and fucked yep. her over. She's like, and I don't care about that. I just want to drink moonshine on my porch. And this is, yeah, I just want to drink moonshine. We're, we're just assuming that's moonshine, and I like that. That's good. So, Geneva, um, like we said, people be talking, yo. People be talking. And it starts to get a little odd when she buys, like, a shit fuck ton of beer one day. <laughs> Sorry, I'm being extra cussy. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, um, she buys a Keep bunch of beer. Keep it PG, David. Keep it PG. She buys a whole lot of beer. Um, and, uh, 
Uh, Doesn't she throw like a block party or something? Yeah, yeah. She had uh, uh, Imagine Dragons and, uh, <laughs> you know, what's it called? Florence and the Machine played. It was great. Um, Imagine Dragons. <laughs> um, so, did, they, did they play Radioactive? Is that them? Oh, fuck. Is that who? Yeah. Is that who Magic Dragons is? Oh, that's a. <laughs> so she bought like a shit ton of beer, and everyone was like, "That's weird." Hey, <laughs> hey, Geneva's like a diabetic, and you know she doesn't drink. Um, and they thought apart that from was... moonshine on her porch. Oh, whoa, yeah, I guess. So apparently, it probably wasn't moonshine, according to this person who says that she was a diabetic and didn't drink. It's but so I thought lemonade. it was weird that she bought beer because she's a moonshine gal. <laughs> so someone saw um someone saw a, a man one day uh, somebody sees a man behind her house and uh they kind of like um they like apparently they would see pe- different people saw a man around Geneva's house and she would just uh, fine her husband died in a fire quote yeah unquote. yeah but she's about to have like, some strange in her house <laughs> But that she wouldn't. But that um, nobody Women got close to this too. guy. Like, like he would kind of, you know, disappear before anybody could get close enough. And she wouldn't let anybody in her house. <laughs> like you made it sound like he would like, like throw like a smoke bomb and like disappear from everybody's eyes. So you're saying he was a ninja? Is what you're saying? <laughs> nah, he was. He would more like Batman out of it. Like Batman smoke bomb. Was he, was he like? But you just see the, like grapple the grandfather from and, Three and Ninjas? The, uh, <laughs> It's like you just like be staring at the back of Geneva's house and just a huge smoke bomb and then like a grappling hook going up into the tree and it was just clearly was Clarence. <laughs> clearly Clarence. And he was gone. Does it, it was clearly Clarence. Doesn't clearly Clarence sound like a like a, like a pop punk band? It also kind of sounds like a musical number too. I'm dying. You guys have me rolling. Hey, damn. Clearly Clarence. Yeah, clearly oh, Clarence. Moment. It sounds like an old-timey, like, uh, Broadway. Like an old-school Broadway show. Uh, <laughs> Roger and Hammerstein presents no, Clearly no. Clarence. Andrew Lloyd Webber. <laughs> Andrew Lloyd Webber. Andrew Lloyd Webber and Tim no, no. Rice team up Roger, together. Roger and, and Hammerstein Clarence. were, like, the, old, the classical, the old-school musical people, right? The ones that did, like, the... Yeah, Roger and Hammerstein was the, was the, the old, golden age of Broadway, so 1918 yeah. to 19... <laughs> they wrote yeah, Andrew Lloyd Webber did Cats and Joseph in the Technicolor Dreamcoat. Uh, that one was... That's Andrew Lloyd Webber and yeah, yeah. Tim Rice. Andrew Lloyd Webber. And Rice. Every, every time I think of uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber, I just think of the South Park episodes where they just kind of made him into, like... The Broadway Bros. They just hang out at Hooters and talk about their plays. <laughs> that gets blowjobs. Uh, <laughs> blowjob, blowjob, blow blowjob. Yes, yeah, that's, that's good stuff. <laughs> I was waiting until one of us brought that up. So, <laughs> oh yeah, we haven't had our our once an episode mention of blowjobs, and it came up organically, no. like it always does. I'm <laughs> trying. We never really I'm have to, to keep push it. It always fucks yeah, its it way always in. Comes up. It always rears its ugly head. Yeah, yeah. So, so when you so, think of a blowjob, <laughs> think of a sack. <laughs> so someone sees a man behind Geneva's house. That's what we were talking about. And so the rumors are flying. You know, the beer and all these things. And um, um, actually, they even talked to this lady who was like a reporter, and she said she would vi- visit Geneva often, but she would always meet her at the door, and she never she would never go in. 
which is odd. You know, everyone's kind of open doors and friendly around there. Right. Uh, why you I my lemon drink? Well, I was watching why this episode with my, my wife, drink? and I said, "Why?" I said, "If <laughs> if you're basing the fact that you're suspicious by not letting strangers or neighbors into your house, <laughs> then my wife would be thought of guilty because she does not like visitors coming." <laughs> Over. She's like, no, don't let them inside. I have to Especially, clean the well, house. Oh yeah, well that that and then you know the kids and especially yeah, strange. You know, you know, you, yeah. Yeah. Now it's a children, different time too. Yeah, totally different time. Um, so uh, the cops like actually started to take this seriously because of discrepancies in Clarence's uh, first death, um, and they actually set up surveillance. And they, I think they were there for like, what did they say, like three days? They, they yeah, three days. It was three anything. days. They didn't see a thing. They saw no other person. And it says that they even took note of who went to her house too. Like, uh, yeah, who was in I, the area? And then, yeah. and then Helen Ayers was the the reporter who said that she would never let her in. Which, yeah, isn't that weird? But, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, and then so. <laughs> Another thing that I feel like they don't emphasize enough, and maybe I took the notes wrong, but 11, November 18th, 1980 is when there's a second fire. And it's exactly 10 yeah. years to yeah. the fucking date. That's crazy. I don't know why they didn't emphasize that as much as I am right now, but that's like insane. Exactly 10 years later. Um. There's another fire at, of course, Geneva's not that great house. <laughs> Their words, not mine. Um, <laughs> so they find Geneva's body, and uh, there is a second body found as well. And um, Dr. Pless, our fucking expert, who had examined and examined, you know, the autopsy of what he found at the first fire with the medical records known of Clarence. And he, like, immediately was like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was like, well. He's like, this well, is Clarence. He, he he could totally tell he feels like an ass. He's like, I, I have to tell the up. world and my peers and my family that Clarence. I fucked up. That yeah. Clarence died twice. That he that this guy, yeah. It has your and, foot taste. And also, this one was a crazy clear case mm. of arson, right? Kind of like yeah. blue cheese. Like, so the first one, they, yes, they couldn't, they couldn't, I guess they couldn't totally determine it was arson. Well, it was 10 years before too. Imagine yeah, like how much shit has true. happened in 10 years for us. Like, yeah, yeah totally. Imagine then like the leaps and bounds in uh, forensics. Fires, fires still burn the same. When you add a fuel, it's going to burn hotter and right. it's going to leave ash different. That's true. I mean, but I think, I think then. I think the technology think, did. Telling the different fuel has gotten a lot better, but at being able to be like, oh, this between was seventy and eighty, probably fuel. not that big of a difference. Well, I don't know, man. I, but I would, I would think that a lot might have come about, like to say, oh, well, we can tell where the fire was started. Yeah. Where well, they back also, in the seventies, they were like, well, they also there was a fire. We don't know what the fuck. Yeah, they also emphasize that this one was clearly arson, like not just, you know, they they're pretty sure it was premeditated or whatever. Right, they, they like, could tell there was an accelerant. Because it, it was turpentine, and they, they could see yeah. where it went into the bedrooms and was dripping everywhere. And, uh, yeah. So, 
Okay, yeah, go ahead. I, I, I'm just like, who the hell, if it was really Clarence and if it was Geneva, then who lit the fire? Did they light themselves on fire? Yeah, that's what's weird. And um, what's, how do they decide that this one is totally Clarence? Uh, was it dental records? I think it I was like know. dental records. No, they don't say that. I don't think they say. I just know that it was they that this was definitely oh, more so than the basically first. Basically, we just have uh, Doctor John Pless. We just have John Pless, and he says that like I, I guess there was X-rays done, or like because he said he said like he had examined um, he, he he'd examined I guess X-rays of this guy prior. And he like immediately knew that it was that it was Clarence. He immediately knew it was. He said it was clearly Clarence. Clearly Clarence. <laughs> um, clearly that Clarence. sounds like a repreed. Uh... <laughs> it's a yeah. It's the very end. Clearly Clarence. John Pless was wrong. Oh. It's not a very good musical. It's a musical, but it's not a very good one. <laughs> it's not one that Fraser and Niles would try to get into. <laughs> My yeah. God, Niles. Um. So yeah, total arson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, they're they're what they're wondering is if uh, Clarence uh, burned himself up and killed his wife too, or if there was a third party. And I just don't see any motive of the third party. I was thinking in my head maybe somebody that was related to this vagrant could have been like, uh, you know, found out and just killed him or some sort of and took scheme. the cash that they had stashed. Or took the cash. Or that they had like, stashed. what's his name? Oh, or take Clarence. Money and run. Or Clarence just couldn't stand just like hiding out in his uh, wife's house and couldn't stand house ten, arrest anymore. And ten years to the date, he just fucking murdered her. Which they I'm gonna light your ass on fire, like, you a, like, a, like a murder suicide. Oh, well, the traumatic. Yeah. They said, didn't they say that that they they were able to determine um, with like the way the fire was burning. That like they they were able to determine that at least Geneva was murdered. They did say yeah. That. yeah they they were determined that the the fire originated in the bed. Yeah, in Geneva's right. room. Right. In her room. Yeah. So so it's like uh, yeah they were able to determine that at least she was for sure murdered. So I think honestly my theory is that he just was like fucking fed up with it. He wasn't getting the insurance money that he was living in fucking dissolution. <laughs> <laughs> I burned our house down for nothing. Yeah. And you won't shut up. Ten years to the fucking date, he just, you know, made it, he just did it again. He made it official. I'm going to light you on fire, Geneva. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's pretty fucking crazy. Yeah, that's morbid. I think there was a ghost in the house, and that's going to be part of this screenplay that I wrote. It's going to be a ghost of one of their dead sons. That's some M Night Shyamalan (laughs) twists right there. (laughs) Um, No, but shit, yeah, this one's cool, and the way it's uh, worded is like, it's the way it's presented at first. The the like the gotcha. uh, What's the word I'm looking for? The hook is like Clarence Thomas. You know, was found dead, and then he was found dead again, and you're just like (laughs) fucking, just ah, tell me all. Just give it to me, Clarence Robert. dies, too. This time, it's personal. <laughs> clearly, clear, clearly, Clarence. This, this more, time, it's clearly more clear, Clarence. More clearly, more Clarence. That'll be the threequel. Uh. 
All right, boys, let's talk about fumbles. <laughs> oh, I love a good fumble. <laughs> I feel like we don't have enough on old fumbles because the, I mean, oh, this I was know. Just, this was, they kind of they kind of glossed over this one. It, it was just kind of you know like the little sweet dessert at the end. It, it's just so funny because it's like, oh yeah, fumbles. He's doing this <laughs> update one minute after we told you about fumbles. <laughs> We found fumbles. <laughs> we found <laughs> it. We <laughs> found <laughs> it. <laughs> no, uh, that yeah, this yeah, episode got me like a little... real easy version of Where's Waldo. No, this yeah. episode got me thinking that I would have loved Where's Waldo to have seen found fumbles. The actual like first episode unedited, like where this was actually like a thing. Like the actual first episode where they talk about fumbles. I'm like, man, I would. I wish I would have seen that. Like on. In its entirety, it, it, without being cut. Yeah, it's kind of a bummer um, not being a part of this unfolding in front of your eyes. And I don't think that would happen now, even if they if they uh, do bring back Unsolved Mysteries, which I really hope they do. And it, it's a no brainer. I don't know why they wouldn't. But yeah, but I don't think that would happen now because it's not everybody in the world watching the same television show. There's so much good TV shows spread over different. Like you can find whatever you weird shows you like. Oh yeah, TV there's no more like. just three you networks. Watch that. There's like yeah. five million. It's like you can watch your own weird. Like I like dark comedies that are science fiction. Oh yeah, it's called Black Mirror, and it's only for five people, but it's amazing. <laughs> no, I mean it's it's for more people than that, but you know it's just weird. There's like shows about everything, but so I feel yeah. like I feel like. It's it would it was kind of special if you were watching this every week and watching these unfold. It's so fucking cool. We should probably get another member of the stack pack that was actually like watching. You know, was actually there while it happened. An honorary member. Yeah. Um. But anyways, let's go into Mr. Fumbles here. Oh, Mr. Fumbles. 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 Okay. So this guy committed thirty bank robberies. <laughs> Um, starting on July twelfth, nineteen eighty four. Probably a guy who liked the good life as well. Oh, I'm sure a fan of the good life. Robberies definitely they, says good life. They they didn't say. I feel say, like he could have added good life in, in all episode, of them. He should have just but, added good life in every segment. Oh. Do you think that like a writer was like, oh shit, should we say good life twice in one episode? <laughs> Couldn't we say like you know. Yeah, fuck know. it. We got it in there two times. Keep it going. So, <laughs> as of July 12th, 1984, this bank robber, dubbed by police Fumbles, um, committed over th- committed 30 bank robberies, uh, all in the state of Florida. And the, and the hilarious and charming way he got the name Fumbles <laughs> was because his first fucking robbery... He literally fumbled the gun like he was playing flag football freshman year. And he picked, he was like, fucking Butterfingers, dude. And then he uh, picked the gun up and resumed his robbering. One of the other times he. He's lucky that gun didn't go off. Yeah, he's a fucking mo. He's a dum dum fumbles. Fumbles, you're a dum dum. Um, the second time he, or maybe not the second time, but another time he couldn't keep his mask up to protect his face. It kept falling off of the, uh, his nose. Um, and, uh, one he was time the opposite 
of smooth. Yeah, I don't know if this is the say. same time. In the reenactment, it's the same time. He drops uh, some of the money on the floor and has to kind of, you know, fumble around like a, like one of three of the three stooges and pick up <laughs> the fucking money before he's, like, getting the fuck out it's of like there. There's, like, a single <laughs> three stooges episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where he's just oh, alone fumbles. by himself. Um, I just hear like the like, Benny Hill theme playing like when he's robbing the bank. <laughs> yeah. Um, or like Dick Van Dyke tripping over the freaking ottoman. Like he's like, what? He's just it's his just his a compilation of like security. Oh, I'm robbing a bank. Different security footage of like him just like prat falling and just doing things at different banks. <laughs> so um, no one knew who he was. He had like a mustache, right? And he had a baseball cap. And he had gloves. Sometimes he had a dumb jacket. Um, a dumb jacket. Sometimes he had a dumb shirt on. Um, yeah, the, the one time he had like a suit jacket. He was trying to look like a cool, but he's a cool guy. But he still had a fucking hat on. So, yeah, yeah. And then they have this talking head of the with the teller who got robbed. And you guys yeah. notice her her voice? Like, no, I didn't notice her voice. Dude, it was like smacky, like. The w- I noticed wet that it sound was black. I noticed oh, it was black. Yes, and they still blur. They had the the blurred, the pixelated image. Like they still pixelated it, even though it was black. Yeah, because she was scared that this guy was gonna like steal money from her. I'm on scared the of fumbles. I'm scared of fumbles. <laughs> and then they have this other girl who's like, yeah. Well, the cops actually, you know, as funny as it is, this is kind of fucked up and serious. And they have this girl talking about this talking about how um, she was hanging out with her kids and she was like, Oh, that was scary actually. But she's laughing still because it's fumbles. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> she's, yeah. She's like, I was upset, but then I realized I could have died. So update. That was the other one. Update one second after this segment aired. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to tell you about this really dumb idiot who with, likes to it did say, rob banks. It did say within minutes, uh, you know, some guy in Clearwater, Florida, uh, his name uh, said that that's his buddy, Ross James Preston. And he's a 23-year-old student. And um, he's an asshole, I guess. So I'm turning him in. Thank- thanks, Robert Stack. Bye-bye. I just I just pictured him calling his buddy. Hey, yeah. Hey, Robert, hey. It's like a red phone I, that Robert Stack picks up and just, like, takes all the questions <laughs> and qu- comments and all the leads of all the Unsolved Mystery cases. No, yeah. I just pictured this one guy calling, and then he calls in, you know, Unsolved Mysteries, whatever, turns him in. And then he calls his friend. Hey, yo, I just saw you on TV. Yo, I'm going to start calling you Fumbles. Yeah, the cops are coming for you. Uh, they're coming for you. Get the fuck out of there. <laughs> now, I, I, that, uh, Eli doing his perfect Florida accent. <laughs> That's my Florida accent. Hey, yo, I'm Everybody from Florida. Florida weird. I'm from Florida. Hey, from Florida. <laughs> hey, hey, Jerry, you missed the early bird. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only two times where New York accents and Florida mix up is the show Seinfeld. <laughs> You missed the early bird, Jerry. <laughs> you missed the early. It's oh, um, okay. Is that your Cadillac? <laughs> so, so, um, yeah. So once they get this name, Ross James Preston, great, uh, like serial killer name. Even though he right. just fumbled around with some cash, but, um, uh, um, they checked this dude's car. All the thingies, all the robbery things were in his car. All of them. The baseball the hat, hat, stupid gloves, gloves, stupid jacket, the dumb jacket, dumb jacket. <laughs> Dumb hat. 
All the shit was in his car. So he was sentenced to 25 years, and he served about 13 and got out. He, I mean, I don't. I wonder if his gun was even loaded. I don't know. I don't. I, I think he was just a dumb kid. Um, I don't think he was violent, but he liked that good life. Fumbles, man. That's funny. Like that's fucking that fumbles. Fumble. <laughs> fucking fumbles. Oh, poor guy. What would be even funnier is if they found out that he played like football in college or something. Oh, uh, actually, he was the all-star quarterback. Yeah, he was great. He was the all-star quarterback in our high school. He took us to the state championship. We lost. I feel like he was on the chess team or something. Like, there's no way. Poor guy. He did look kind of jockey, though. He did look a little jockey. He he had the the chin of a jack. Yeah. So, um, looking back on this crazy fucking episode, it was pretty crazy. Uh, We got um, uh, poor Jenny Pratt and the just one mistake she made as a kid. This asshole Curtis Croft. Fuck that guy, man. I wonder what he's up to. I hope he's like in jail for something else. Didn't really look into him. Joe Shepard once again totally. Uh, we we covered him in a prior episode. Another premium dirt bag. Jack Quinn. <laughs> I like Jack Quinn. He's cool. <laughs> yeah. He got away with it. He dude. said peace. He's I out think, there, man, drinking. I mean, he, drinking with he, someone. Yeah, he'd be in his seventies. Uh, I don't know. I think it's very likely that. That dude just got away with it, and if he's really good at spending uh, cash, you know, living, you know, below the radar, I think it might be okay. Might be, uh, might be cleaning his cash as we speak. Clarence Roberts, shit. I guess we'll never really know. the The way they end that segment is like they show his uh, gravestone, right? Yeah, and Robert Stack says like, like, oh, the secrets of this man will be buried no, with this no, body. No, no, no. Okay, it's cool shit. That that brought up a good point. What happened to the first tombstone? <laughs> yeah, see, that's interesting because I don't think they put one up for the first one because they said that like some of the family didn't like it when they put up the tombstone, and it did say 1980. So I don't know if it was they didn't like that they changed it or that there probably just never uh, been know. one before. <laughs> hmm. That's interesting. But either way, fuck God, the, Clarence. Yeah, that's a that's a good one, <laughs> Clarence. Roberts and Geneva, played by Kathy Bates, coming to a movie theater near you. Near you. Uh, <laughs> and then good old fucking fumbles, Ross James Preston. Uh, no one's ever gonna call you Ross James Preston. You're fumbles. You're gonna I be bet you, like, after he life. got out of jail, he just fumbles the clown. <laughs> that's his. That's his bit. He just like, you know, like the Dude, kids hand him like it, cakes and stuff, or like no, and honestly, just, like, or you know, hand to God. If if he really became like a circus clown or like a like a party party like an entertainer, fumbles the clown. I would definitely hire him. I would definitely hire him for an event. <laughs> Do you think his gag is you know rubber checks? <laughs> rubber checks. I don't. Damn. I don't know what his gag would be. Oh man. Rubber checks. <laughs> so they would bounce when he drops them. Oh my god, the joke wasn't over <laughs> yet. The joke wasn't over. Oh my god, I thought the joke was over, and then it wasn't over. But it was still better. But it was still bad. But it was still better. But it was. Oh man, that was good. That was. That was all worth it. That was rich. That timing was so was 
that was a mysterious <laughs> joke. That just, the joke just kept coming. Oh wow! <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> oh wow! You got me. <laughs> Oh man! Oh um, man! Hilarity ensues here. Right. That's, that's pretty funny. Okay, I mean, maybe we're making uh, just ourselves laugh, but that's you know that's fine too. That's the highlight of my week um, <laughs> is when I get to hang out with you guys and talk about true crime. Yeah, I get to talk about all this cool eighties. Not just any crime. true crime. Eighties true crime. All right, guys, thanks for coming back and listening to another week. It's been real fun. We'll see you guys next time. Um, we are at the Stack Pack on Instagram and Twitter. We also do have a Facebook, and our Instagram and Twitter handles are I'm at Davy Howe, D A V Y H O W. I'm Big Bad Vinyl Dad. Road underscore Dan on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, for every mystery, there's someone somewhere who knows the truth. Perhaps that someone is listening. Perhaps that someone is you. Ninety nine folks.